Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Ego. Slendy. Ego. Slendy. Hey. Hit it up the park. Hit it up the park. Hit it with a strike. Hit it with a strike. From the national anthem. Anthem. To the bottom of the night. I'm in. Slendy. Ego. Slendy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 452 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. It's August 22nd, 2023, and there's some stuff to talk about today. Padres and the Marlins game two is going to get started later tonight. Game one was last night. Is this who the Padres actually are? I think we've been through that question. We've asked that question a lot this season. And I think a lot of people know my answer to that. Uh, but obviously talking about yesterday and the Grand Slam and Manny homering and walk start and weathers returning to San Diego. There's some injury updates. Joe Musgrove, Tim Hill, uh, Rich Hill not starting on Wednesday. Going to be Seth Lugo. We can talk about that. Ha-Sung Kim his tremendous 2023 season and the development that we continue to see. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. Uh, There's a lot to talk about and got a special guest on here, actually, as we start this show, Joe dreams. He's in the talking friars Jersey as well. Thanks so much, man. What's up? Hey, what's up, man? I really like this Jersey talking friars. You can see the back of it too. Sweet. Yeah. They, yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Got the bat on there. They got to sell these at the at the Padre games. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, shout out to my mom for making that one. Um, but yeah, he's Joe. Wait, Dreams, your mom made this? Like she yes. actually made it? Yeah, 
that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. My mom um, <laughs> Joe Dreams was it was during the Orioles series, and I gave him that. And I think it was right. The next night he was on the bridge wearing it. So I definitely appreciate the support. And for anyone, there's there's a lot of people that are like, stop playing the Slam Diego song. It makes no sense with the team this year and all that. And for me, it's like it's more to support you. It's more to support uh, you know, just the good vibes around the song more than, oh, the team's not really hitting a bunch of grand slams. They're not playing well, so I'm not going to use the song. It's more to support another Padres fan that is out there pretty much every night, you know? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, you know, a couple people might say that, but, you know, as soon as the Padres make the playoffs or they hit a grand slam, then all of a sudden, like, where's the song at, you know? So, yeah. And, uh, you know, and one of my favorite things is, you know, seeing like a whole family and, you know, a couple kids come up and like, and the parents would be like, they listen to your song like every day before the games. We listen to your song in the car on the way to the stadium. And, you know, so I'm grateful to, you know, the Padres fan base has been very supportive. Yeah, for sure. And I'm sure that you were really happy when they finally hit a couple grand slams. Gary Sanchez, obviously. And then Hassan Kim last night. I'm sure that makes that night on the bridge a whole lot better when it actually happens and it's at home yeah so I, I actually found that really interesting how they hit the second one close to the first one i have a theory that if they didn't hit the one with gary sanchez i don't think hassam kim would have hit that grand slam because it's kind of like uh roger bannister breaking the four minute mile and then as soon as he broke the four minute mile then thousands of runners had broke the four minute mile like right afterwards and it seems like it's it's like a mental thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. And like it, it it's like okay, it's possible now in this season. Um, but you know, Weathers obviously two hosts on Kim last night, and it wasn't just a Kim, but he was helping the Padres out. It was like he was a member of the Padres last night. He was inconsistent um, inside that strike zone, and then when he was in the strike zone, obviously wasn't effective enough. Manny with the home run, that ball was crushed. I think 109 miles per hour uh, off the left field wall and then kept going, obviously. Kim with the grand slam. Um, Manny, I think his first at-bat breaking ball from Weathers, he stung that one as well. So I was wrong about how Ryan was going to pitch last night. I was one of those, uh, I guess, pessimistic Padres fans that thought that Ryan Weathers was going to go dominate the Padres because that's just what former Padres do. Um, were you shocked at all by how Ryan pitched last night? You know, it's his former team, so there's always that pressure, like uh, when Snell was pitching against uh, Tampa Bay. So I, I think that he did the best he could. You know, it definitely seemed like he tried his hardest, but, hey, you know, we did our thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I'm seeing people here in the chat jay fly hsk with the grand slam bump the song did that at the beginning that was the intro to this um let's see uh Preboy judy says waka might be my favorite pitcher and kim my favorite player kim is definitely up there on the likable list for sure padres fans why why do you think that is like what is it about hassan kim that you think that people like about him so much versus the other players on the Padres team. I, I think it's the effort for sure. Um, you always see, 
I mean, I think the stolen bases obviously help with that as well. But he's not someone that takes a playoff. And whenever I forget, there was some personal accomplishment that he had earlier in the season, where it was like a it was like the the big moment of the night or whatever. And Hassan Kim was like, "Well, it's not that big of a deal to me because the team lost." You know, like he's a super team guy. Maybe it's because he he doesn't have a three hundred million dollar contract. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I think obviously the Hassan Kim chance and all that. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's just a really likable guy. Uh, maybe being from another country and us Padres fans really wanting to welcome him in uh, from the start. Maybe it was because he did struggle a little bit at the beginning at the plate, and now look what he's turned into. I don't know. It's it's, but it, it's it, he's definitely fun to watch for sure. Oh yeah, I love watching the highlights in Korean when he hit the grand slam. Yeah, last like, night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like I'll I have no idea what you're saying in that call, but I will continue to listen to that because I love the enthusiasm in that call. It's kind of like Don, where we know what he's saying, but when he goes out of control, it's like, yes, I could listen to that on repeat. What was that? I think it was it was Nando stealing home, I think. And Don just went nuts. It's like I, I'll listen to that on repeat all night long because of the enthusiasm. There's there's some broadcasters in baseball where you just don't really hear the enthusiasm so much. But I think our broadcasters with Jesse Agler and Don Orsillo, whoever's doing the game, um, they definitely have that enthusiasm when the moment comes. I want to thank North County Nancy here. Uh, there's no comment on here. So, Nancy, if you have a comment, feel free to put it in there. You don't need to do the super uh, thanks anymore. But uh, $9.99 super thanks. So I appreciate that. Um, what were some of your takeaways from last night's game? You watched, how much of the game did you watch last night? Well, so I, I usually listen to the Padres radio station okay. uh, up until around the fourth or the fifth inning. And then I usually get set up for my show because people start leaving the game. I will, if it's, if it's close, they'll start leaving around the seventh, seventh inning. Uh, but if it's a blowout, like last night's game was, they'll leave earlier. So the, so when the Padres hit that grand slam, I'm like, you know what? I better get set up because people are going to be like, oh, yeah, we won. And now, you know, people are going to start leaving. So what I think it's really interesting hearing the games from outside of the stadium. I think I have a unique experience to just by, by the sound and yeah. like be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like something good happened through the pod. It's like a whole different game watching experience. Even when I was like outside of the Met Stadium uh, last year, when it was quiet, I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> or, the, or the Philly stadium or just being outside of it. You, you just, you can kind of hear what's going on just off of the sound, but I do watch the highlights after the game and, and see how the players did and everything like that. So I actually have a question for you. So now that the Padres have hit two grand slams in like a week or so, how many more grand slams do you predict that they will hit by the end of the season? Yeah, there's not a lot of time. That's a tough question. I'd probably say not more than one. And it's obviously not a guarantee that they even hit another one. Um, we saw how long it took for them to get their first Grand Slam this season. And it has to line up for the perfect situation. Usually the bases get loaded because there's a hit in the inning and then there's a couple walks, right? It, you need that pitcher to just not have it that night, really, to have the bases loaded in a spot. 
And that's how the Padres have gotten the bases loaded. It's not like, or at least for the most part, usually, it's not like they string together three hits in a row. You, you got to have the pitcher just not be on his night. And I don't know how many more times the Padres are going to face someone who is going to be like Ryan Weathers and just not be able to find the strike zone enough. Now, they do have the A's coming up. I think they do play the Rockies. They do have a little bit easier of a schedule, but the Grand Slams are just so rare. And, and there's just so many things that have to line up for that to happen. You have to have the bases loaded, obviously, and you have to have a guy that can hit a home run up at the plate. So no disrespect to someone like Jose Zocar, but you can't have him up at the plate. Um, and it needs to be the right pitch because you could have the bases loaded up with Manny up at the plate, but if it's a fastball outside or a breaking ball outside, is he going to be able to get that out? You know, is he going to put the perfect swing on that? So I would probably say that none are going to happen, but I, I, I wouldn't, if I had to say like, yes, there is going to be one, how many, I would just probably say one. Uh, I think we're fortunate enough to have two in this short of a period of time uh, at Petco Park. And going on that grand slam there with Hassan Kim, I put this out on social media earlier this morning, just about his progression year over year. We know that he came into the team and obviously he was known for his defense. He had good offense over in Korea, but that's different than the big leagues. And so I think it was expected that he was going to struggle with velocity. And we saw that he didn't play 150 games like he did in 2022 in 2021, 117 games, but just look at the numbers and this season's not over, but that's part of the point here with Hassan Kim is even yeah. though the season isn't over, he's played, you know, 29 fewer games this year than he did last year so far. Um, and I'm talking about 2022, the entire season, but look at the numbers. He already has 71 runs scored this year, 58 last year, and he wasn't leading off, you know, very much at all last fewer year. Games so. And he's had more production in fewer games. Right, exactly, this year, yeah. And it's some different circumstances, different part in the lineup and all that, but different part of the lineup, but the power is there, you know? Um, he, 130 hits last year in 150 games. 121 games so far, 116. So that's pretty close. 17 home runs this year, 11 last year. He's only at 10 fewer runs driven in from mostly the leadoff spot a lot. Uh, compared to last year, 28 stolen bases this year, 12 last year, 18 Whoa. combined in 2021 and 2022, 18 combined stolen bases. He's at 28 this year. So wow. it's crazy. He already has more walks this year than he did all of last year. His average last year was 251. His average in 2021 was 202. Average this year is 280. You look at the on-base percentage, 21 was 270, 22 was 325 this year's 370 so it just keeps going up the slugging percentage 352 in 21 383 in 22 449 it's jumped over 100 points in 2023 and then ops his ops was below 630 in 2021 his ops plus was 73 that year his ops last year 708 ops plus 106 which is just a little bit above average but this year his ops plus is 128 that's a big jump 820 OPS this year compared to 708 last year. So the season's not over. He could get worse, but I don't see that coming. He has just been such a positive uh, thing that has happened to this Padres team in 2023. Yeah, and he's obviously like, Padres, yeah, uh, for the major leagues, because I don't think we have a game in South Korea without Hassan Kim. 
yeah for the uh-huh. next for next season and he's not only helping the Padres but he's helping expand the major leagues right you know and bringing it to a new place like when I look at the comment section on the the YouTube the highlight video like there's a bunch of people just commenting in Korean mm-hmm. you know just the coming there to support him so I think I think that's that's it's really good for the the whole major leagues yeah for sure and you talk about MVP. I mean, this year he is the Padres MVP. I know Tatis has he was an All Star and Soto and but like year the entire year, you know, Soto had a slow start and he doesn't bring it on the defensive side like Hassan Kim does. He's not the one that's playing third base when Manny is out, playing shortstop some days when Bogarts is out, then playing second base for the most part. Like he's not playing multiple positions like Kim and Kim yeah, is. One of the best defensive players in all of baseball. He has so much value that he brings there. Um, and then offensively, he's the leadoff hitter for a team that has Fernando Tatis Jr. and Juan Soto and Manny Machado and Xander Bogarts on it. Like it's just so incredible were, what uh, this guy has done. AJ Preller, how much of a contract would you give Hassan Kim? See, that's the thing because they gave Jake Cronenworth a seven-year deal. And who is more valuable? Is it Hassan Kim or is it Jake Cronenworth? And Right now, people would say Hassan Kim. So, do you have to give him more than Jake Cronenworth? Are you willing to give Hassan Kim a seven-year contract and be another long-term contract like you've given to Manny and Tatis and Bogarts and Cronenworth to a degree? And there's 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 a lot of questions to that because if they give Kim an extension, that opens up okay. Bogart, should he move to first base? And you have Crony go to second, you have Kim be at short. Because Kim, I think that's where the that's the best infield alignment. Alignment. Manny at third, Kim at short, Crony at second, Bogart's at first. Because Kim, I think, is a better defensive player than Bogart's is. But I'm not saying Bogart's is trash or anything, but I think that's just how you can maximize each player's value on the infield. I don't see those guys moving to the outfield, and they can have Jackson Merrill come up next year at some point. And he can play the utility role like Chris Taylor with the Dodgers. He can play some in the outfield. Um, but yeah, like I think the extension, before we talk about positions for next year, I was listening to Ben and Woods this morning and they were talking about positions. Before we talk about that, you have to get a, a Kim extension done. But does a Kim extension work in the Padres' plans? Even though he's the most valuable player on the team this year, does that make sense? Because if you do that, then you're locking up your infield for the next seven years, six, seven years, however long the Kim contract is. Because I don't see someone moving from there, or you're going to have someone that you're paying $70 million to sit on the bench. Do we see Jake Cronenworth moving to the outfield for Jackson Merrill to come to the infield? I mean, they're already playing Jackson Merrill some games in the outfield in minor leagues. So I think they're preparing for this. Um, And if they want to bring back Hassan Kim, Hassan Kim wants to be back in San Diego. I think that's what we could see is having Merrill move because I don't think the Padres want to get rid of Merrill. I don't think you're trading Merrill uh, to go get an actual outfielder. I think it's probably better to have that cheap contract and actually just try to develop him as an outfielder and see how the bat plays and all that. But yeah, Kim, I think he deserves an extension because he keeps getting better, but they already have the Cronenworth extension. They already have Manny locked up. They already have Bogarts locked up. Merrill, we don't know what their plan is. Do they want him in the infield, or are they willing to have him play permanently in the outfield? We just don't know. Do you and think that Kim works for the team? 
before, yeah, hang on. Before I get to your question, there's going to be a lot of teams that are willing to pay Hassan Kim for sure. And it's not going to be $7 million a year like his current contract is. Like the Padres are going to have to pony up here. Will they do it? That's an interesting question, but go ahead. Yeah. I'll, that's, you answered my question. I was going to ask, like, do you think that Kim wants to stay in San Diego? I feel like he does. I, I, I know that he definitely feels the love from the fans, um, the chance and all that. But I could also say that if he gets paid from another team, I'm sure that fan base will embrace him. Yeah. And they, what if he goes to the Mariners or the Angels or what? I'm just throwing out teams. Like, I'm sure those fans will do the same thing that Padres fans are doing. Maybe they won't appreciate it from the get-go, but they'll definitely appreciate him. So, yeah, um, I don't think the Padres fans loving Hassan Kim and Hassan Kim wanting to stay in San Diego, I don't know if that's going to be as huge of a factor because – I think money is definitely important. It might not be as important as it is to an American player. Um, and he pro he wants to play every day. Can the, are the Padres going to provide him with that opportunity and the right contract? We'll see. It, it's very interesting. But he has had one heck of a season for sure. Yeah. What do you think the chances are that the Padres make the playoffs? And if they don't, what do you feel like is the best case scenario moving forward? Just you're talking about just the team overall. I, I don't think the Padres are going to make the postseason. Uh, I've said for at least a couple weeks now. I think the season's probably over. Uh, but I'm watching, obviously watching the games, and I want them to win for sure. There's some fans that think I'm like rooting for this team to lose so that I am right. No, I hope I'm wrong. I, I definitely, I'm a Padres fan. I'm just giving you my opinion and giving fans like, yes, I'm 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 just being truthful with how I feel. With how we've seen this team be so inconsistent this season, I just don't see them making the postseason. And the best path forward, I mean, I'm someone that if the Padres missed the postseason, I would be fine with having A.J. Preller go. Uh, but Peter Seidler is probably looking at this as, well, look at the farm with system. A.J. Preller? Yeah. With the, with the stability and, or excuse me, the, I don't want to say instability, but there's been a bunch of managers that he's been allowed to hire. And I feel like if he stays, he doesn't want Bob Melvin here. He's going to use that as a scapegoat. And at the end of the day, look at the track record of AJ Preller. He's been here for almost a decade. And I was someone that was definitely on AJ's side of it and loved him and loved that he's aggressive and all that. And I can't appreciate that of him. And he works his butt off. Yeah, we just got to look at the results. You got You have to look at the results, not in the minor leagues. You have to look at the results on the field, major league level, and the results are one NLCS run, and that was in the middle of a huge collapse in 2021 and the most disappointing season in Padres franchise history in 2023. At least that's what it seems like it's going to turn out to be. So I think that Peter Seiler, though, has a ton of faith in AJ. AJ is excellence, that quote that happened earlier this season uh, in Cincinnati, so I don't see AJ going anywhere. But I definitely could see the possibility of Bob Melvin being uh, used as the, the scapegoat and putting the blame there instead of having the accountability on the guy that's constructing the roster. Who could replace Bob Melvin? I mean, he seems like a good manager. Exactly. There's the, the players, they have already like said publicly to the media that they respect Bob Melvin. And so, as I've said previously on the show, who is going to be the better 
replacement for Bob Melvin. If you fire the guy, who is coming in that's going to be better? And there's the report out from Bob Nightingale about Ryan Flaherty, who is the offensive coordinator and bench coach, even though Ryan Christensen really is. Um, probably He's pretty much the Padres' lead hitting coach. Uh, having, the, having him go be the next manager. But to me, that screams that it's just another AJ yeah. guy, yeah. Uh, another yeah, yes man, and that's another Andy Green, another Jace Tingler, and those didn't work. And Ryan Flaherty is literally on Bob Melvin's coaching staff, and it's not working this year. Yeah, so, so why why ha- why do you think that that guy, who should be standing up and giving his thoughts to Bob Melvin and helping Bob Melvin out, if they're not getting the job done, why have someone on the current coaching staff be the next manager of the team? I, I just don't understand that. Who would be a manager that has won a World Series before? I think that would be an important piece for our next manager someone who has actually won a world series before um did ozzy Guillen win that with the white Sox? i want to say what was that 2005 let me look that up 2005 white Sox. that would have been nice if we got bruce bochi back that would have been that would have been pretty cool but okay. okay let's see um 2005 white Sox. trying to see who the manager was i think it was ozzy again and that name's being brought up a lot but like boat going to bochi there like you said why would he come to the padres to be under aj preller right he already denied it like i believe the padres tried to talk to bochi for the managing job and he didn't want to do it and he's on a team that's in a really good spot right now with the texas rangers who has a lot of talent on their team and guys that are actually performing to their contracts for the most part. I know like DeGrom's been hurt and all that, but they it seems like they have a pretty dang bright future. Uh, and I why would Bochi leave that to come to the Padres? He wouldn't, right? Um, yeah, Ozzie Guillen was the manager in 2005. So he has won a World Series. It was a long time ago. I like Ron Washington. I like that when Jace Tingler got hired. It was between those two guys, and I wanted Ron Washington. And it's one of those, what if that happened with the collapse have happened don't know um would they have gone farther in 2020 would he still be the manager of the team and we never would have gotten bob melvin i i don't know i'm just i'm happy with bob melvin i'm totally fine with having bob melvin continue to be the manager but i guess we should also ask does bob melvin want to continue doing this because he might just be drained from this season and because it's been a long season for him and if he doesn't think it's going to work out next year and he's He's going to be on a one-year contract going into next season. It's his last year. So if the Padres can't give him an extension, then he might just not want to continue doing this. I don't know. Yeah, I say one more season, one more season with these players and seeing how it works out. With Soto, yeah, because I'm someone that wants to have Soto on this team for especially next year. He's like our only all-star, basically, our hitter. You know? Just see how it goes. If the dead, if it's at the next year's trade deadline and it's not going well, okay, then you can move on from him And because you probably don't think he's going to sign back in free agency or you'll be fine with going and bidding for him in free agency and you just get something back. Okay, but to not give your best effort at winning next year, I don't think that's fair to the fan base that you're raising season ticket prices for, that's selling out the ballpark every night, that's coming and supporting and spending a ton of money every night to come to Petco Park. 
I think you should have Juan Soto here at least to start 2024 and see how it looks instead yeah. of not giving yourself the best chance. Because Juan Soto, having him not on your team, that's not giving you the best chance to go win the World Series in 2024. It's just, it's just not. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah, for sure. Okay, quick break here, and then we'll be right back. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, we're back. So, Joe Dreams, you can stick around as long as you want, or you can dip if you want, whatever. Uh, I want to continue talking about Monday night's game. Michael Walker, five and a third innings, five hits allowed, one earned run, two walks, seven punch outs. He has been really good since his return. And I know we give some crap to AJ Preller on some of the moves that he has made um, this past offseason, some of the trades that he has made in the past. But I think you got to give it to him for this Michael Walker signing. I mean, it was a creative contract, and they're going to have the opportunity to bring him back on a couple club options. $16 million each for 24 and 25. And they, they signed him right before, or no, I think it was during spring training. Like it was late. It wasn't even the off season anymore. Like teams are in camp when they signed this guy. And he has a sub three ERA since his return from the IL. Obviously he was dealing with that shoulder issue. 10 and a third innings, one earned run, three walks to 12 strikeouts. I mean, it feels like, Musgrove going down was obviously huge, and we'd love to have him in this rotation, and it would give the Padres a better shot because Rich Hill wouldn't be pitching you know, every fifth day. Um, but this guy has been great to re- kind of replace that Joe Musgrove role and kind of have it be one day when him and when Snell are on the mound, really, especially those two guys. Yeah. If the Padres had our pitching that we have now, with the the hitting that we had last year, I think we would have won. Well, yeah. I mean, last year, especially like with Shamanai and all that, there were question marks and yeah. Mike Clevenger and all that. Yeah, but this year, the starting pitching has been one of the I strengths mean, we got of this Hugh team. Darvish, for sure. Joe Musgrove, Waka. I mean, we have some elite pitchers like this. Yeah. This yeah, and Darvish has been up and down, but Musgrove, he was not doing amazing at the beginning, but he is definitely pitched better uh, before he got hurt. And then Walker obviously has been solid and Snell has been the best pitcher in baseball uh, for the last like Hater. two and a half months, three months. And yeah, if Hater was used more, um, I think the Padres would be in a better spot. Another night where Hater was not used last night. I get it was a non-save situation, but I still want to see that urgency from this Padres team. And I want to see them use hater in that spot because it's not a guarantee that there's going to be a safe situation in the next two nights before an off day on Thursday before the Milwaukee series. So use him. Don't fool around. Don't mess around. I know Cosgrove got out of it there in the ninth inning, had a pretty smooth ninth inning, if I remember correctly, but Josh Hader is your best reliever. Use him in that spot. You need to win games. Don't mess around. Get it done. That's what I would have done, but um, you know, thankfully, I should say, the uh, the Padres ended up winning that game by four runs. There was no like long ninth inning there. And Waka, getting back to Waka, a couple jams that he got out of last night that I think were key. First inning, second and third, I believe there was one out, and he struck the out. The bases were loaded. Yeah, yeah he struck out. out two in a row. And then fourth inning, bases were loaded, one out, 
um, two walks and a single ba- uh, loaded the bases. And then Waka got the double play. Good positioning, good play by Xander. There was another good play where Manny dove and it rebounded. Xander got it, immediately yeah. threw to first, one hop, and Crony got it on the stretch. Um, this defense, it's it's definitely a defense I would love to play behind, or pitch. Um, I'd love to pitch on and have that defense playing behind me. Um, you know, with Grish in center, obviously. Soto's not the best in left, but Tatis in right. That's a really strong infield. Um, eight out of nine guys are pretty strong, I would say. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's helped the pitching. And it's been really about the inconsistency of this offense this season. Yeah. So what is the reason that you think the Padres have not won a single game in extra innings? I think they're a couple games away from setting a major league record for not for the not winning. Because, like, if you think about it, even if we do make the playoffs, like at least one of these games is going to extra innings in the playoffs. Yeah. Like how? What is going on? I think some of it is just some of it. Yes, and people hate to hear this, but some of it probably is luck and being unlucky. But it feels like a lot of it is just situationally not coming through. It. I know some of these extra inning games they've been on the road, and so you don't really want to just bunt the runner over and play for one run because you don't know how many runs the other team is going to score. You're just trying to score as many runs as you can. Uh, The home team kind of has the advantage there. But, I mean, situationally, it's just the bottom line. They haven't been good enough in those spots. 0-11? Yeah, it's like... So, like, if we we had won, if we we went 50-50, we'd be in the playoff spot, basically. If we have gone 50-50 and extra innings. And you don't even look, you don't even have to look at the extra innings, like, just look at the one-run games. This one-run games this season for the Padres, they have been terrible. And that's where I, you know, go to like Josh Hader and all that. Like there's been some spots where late in the game they're trying to get to Hader, but you're using Steven Wilson, you're using Robert Suarez, which I'm fine with using Suarez, but there's been some times where there's been hiccups. Brent Honeywell before he was off the team. Like you're using guys where it's like maybe put Hader in that spot when it's the best part of the opposing lineup up, get through that inning, and then you see what can happen after that. What's the? I'm trying to look up the record here. The record in one-run games, here is it, 6-19. and 19. It's like, wow. I mean, that's a huge – you take, like you said, you take a few of the extra inning games, you take a few of these one-run games, and the Padres are not five and a half games back of a playoff spot. They could be – one game back they could be let's say they'd be i don't know one or two games under 500 we would feel like they're more in it than if they were six games under 500 like where they are right now yeah they're they're totally underachieving and i guess because they know and we know that they're better than they're playing and Mm -hmm. we've seen what they're capable of not even just last season but this season we've seen what they're capable of and perhaps the consistency thing is on the management. Perhaps it is on the the culture of the team, which is through the leadership. Maybe it's on the the owner because you know it's from the the top up, from the from the top down. For yeah. The from the culture because the culture is is something that's 
in addition to the talent, in addition to the other things? What do you think about the maybe the Cardinals don't have the right culture in their organization? Do you think that maybe I don't people haven't probably brought this up. Do you think Peter should sell the team and to someone who can instill a different culture in the team or like, or what do you think it is? Definitely not Peter Seidler selling the team for sure. Uh, I have heard that like once or twice this season. And I just laughed at that because Peter Seidler is like the best owner that we've ever had. And I think his loyalty to AJ Preller um, is one of his flaws, but there are so many good things that Peter Seidler does for this Padres organization. And if Peter wasn't the owner of this team and it was like Ron Fowler, uh, and Ron Fowler's done some good things for San Diego, like I don't want to like disrespect him, but the Padres would not have the payroll that they have. They would not have all the superstar talent that they have. <clears throat> Definitely would not be the case. And it would probably, I don't know if AJ Preller would still be running the team and some fans might be happy that if Ron Fowler was the owner and AJ wouldn't be running the team anymore just because of track record. But if Peter Seidler wasn't the owner, do they go on that long run last year in the postseason? Because they brought in a lot of talent uh, for that 2022 team. And there was a lot of talent or a lot of money, I should say, invested into this year's team. And so I'm not putting the blame very much on Peter Seidler. No blame like really at all for this season, particularly. But I can put some blame on him in the future, for sure. Yeah. Uh, if he keeps AJ Preller and the Padres miss the postseason, yeah. um, if he continues to allow AJ to spend his money on contracts that don't make a ton of sense, and even people questioning them at the time of the contract, uh, I can put some blame on that because Peter should understand and know baseball enough to be like, even from just a Padre fan perspective, AJ, this, this deal probably doesn't make much sense and maybe aj has persuaded him to thinking that it does make sense and so he's okayed it yeah uh, but no peter peter that's definitely not something that he should do he should definitely not sell the team and he is not going to i don't think okay he's even well, thought about that so if, if he if he shouldn't sell the team then let's say that's a bad idea then what could the owner do to instill a winning culture in the Padres? Because if, if we're 6 and 19, 619, by the way, that's kind of ironic that the Padres, the 619 is 6 and 19. Uh, if we're 6 and 19 in one run games and we're 0 and 11 in extra innings, to me, that seems like a culture problem, not a talent problem. That's a culture, a culture problem. So, what could the owner do from the top down? due to instill that the winning culture so we can at least be 50 50 in those two metrics because then we'd be like 10 games over 500 i don't know what the the owner can do except make that aj preller change it's really up to aj preller or whoever is the president of baseball operations or the gm it's up to them to go hire the manager and the manager is the one that is in that clubhouse technically he has his manager's office but like i think it really comes down to who are the leaders in that clubhouse manny machado joe musgrove i think sander bogarts is in there can be included i think that jake cronenworth can be included in that like who are the leaders and they maybe they need to be a little bit better at what they're doing um but it's really hard for me to say that like i blame manny or i blame player x for not leading enough because i'm not in there i have no idea if they're leading or if they're a good leader are they having yeah. conversations with every player in the clubhouse are they putting in the work like I, I think that they are but i don't know 
because we're not in there. So whenever the culture gets brought up and whenever like clubhouse issues get brought up, it's hard for me to really expand on that and talk a whole lot about that because I'm not in there. Maybe I'd have a little bit better of a sense if I was like Kevin AC and I was in there every day, but I'm not in there. So it's, it's hard for me to, it's really what I like to talk about is what we can see on paper, what we're seeing on the field, moves that AJ Preller has made in the past, things that have happened publicly that we can see. That's the only thing. Like 2021, when we saw the Tatis and Manny thing in the dugout, we could talk about it because we saw it. You know, there was video of it. Um, and if there's reporting out there and I'm reading that stuff, then we can talk about it because that, there's reporting. But I don't know. It, it just kind of feels weird to talk about, oh, what can Peter do about the culture when I don't really know a whole lot about what's going on with the, the culture of I the see. team. I, I think there's good leadership with Bob Melvin. And I think Manny's a good leader. I would think Jake Cronenworth and Joe Musgrove. I have full faith in Joe Musgrove. I think Xander Bogarts, maybe, maybe Manny and Xander don't get along great, but I feel like they get along fine and they, they should be able to. They're going to be with each other for the next decade, so they better get along fine. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Huh. So what do you think that we can learn as us watching this from the Padres season, because it's, it's so relate like baseball is so relatable to life in general. Like we feel like when we're chasing our dreams, right? Like we, we underachieve when we're, when we're capable of doing more, you know, sometimes we don't reach our own full potential. So you're, what should, what can this Padres team do about yeah, what that? Could be, what could the lesson be from the season that we can take and apply to our own lives? Um, That's a really good question. Urgency, maybe. That, that's something that comes to mind um, because the Padres 
earlier in the year, like there's players that he even, even have admitted, yeah, we, we weren't as urgent as we needed to be. The urgency needs to pick up. Um, we, it wasn't there. The full effort uh, to really fix this thing and turn this thing around, it wasn't there from the get-go. And so, yeah, maybe we could use that uh, in some of our lives. Maybe some people think that, oh, it's okay. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm getting money still. I'm earning money, whatever your situation is, whatever. But maybe truly deep down, you know, you're not giving your best effort. Um, and maybe you should learn a lesson from the Padres and be like, I know I, I got to switch that around right now. Um, I got to find a way to get a little bit better every single day. I'm not going to wake up and just go through the motions and not have urgency with something. No, if, if there's something I need to fix, if there's something I need to get better at, I'm going to go attack that. Uh, I think that's something that we could learn. That's that's a really good question. What would you say? Because we all of us are on a team one way or another, even if it's not a baseball team, we're a part of a company or a business. And, and that's a team. And we have managers. We have general managers. We have owners. We have, you know, so it's it's a very similar. I mean, that's why baseball resonates with us, you know, because we, we get struck out in our lives. We strike out. We get lucky. You know, the other team, the other company that's competing with us, sometimes they beat us um, and, and there's a lot, there's a lot to be learned. Let's say one lesson that I can learn from the Padres is that it's not always about talent. I'd say that that is one of the, the greatest lessons is that a, like the power of culture, of having a winning culture in a company, because, I mean, we did so much better last year with way less talent. Yeah. So, that yeah, not to sure. always rely on a glittery resume when we're hiring people or or just look at character. Like, cause we were talking about Hassan Kim. Like, why don't why don't the other players put in the same effort that Hassan Kim's putting in? Yeah. You know? And and there's different, you know, like Juan Soto's not gonna do that because they're different players. But yeah, I I definitely have seen that at some at times this yeah, season. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people I've, who say that like some of the the players. I mean, I could be wrong about this. That they, they they're swinging for the fences so they can look good in the highlights, versus doing what needs to be done to to get the extra run so we can win the game. And I think that's actually one of you know what I actually think that could be a, an issue is that we have too many stars. It's because everyone wants to shine, right? And so maybe maybe they're swinging for the fences all the time, you know, so they can get into the all-star game and, and whatnot versus, okay, what is the thing that we need to win this game right now? Even if I don't hit a home run, even if I only get a bunch of base hits and play small ball, yeah. you know, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I When I look at that, I could be like, okay, maybe Josh Hader um, not being flexible, super flexible in the role that he is in this season because he has a contract coming up. Juan Soto maybe wanting to be this superstar uh, because he has a contract that he's playing for. Players like that, like Snell, but he's really helping the team. Um, so I'm not going to like criticize him for if they're helping the team. Juan Soto, I think, is helping the team a lot this year. Josh Hader, when he's on the mound, he's helping the team. Uh, I still think that he could pitch a little bit more. But like the, the superstars that they have, other than those guys, I mean, Manny and Tatis and Bogarts, they should, I think, be willing to do whatever it takes to help the team because they're already locked in. They already have their money. It's not yeah. like they're playing for this contract. 
So if I were in their spots, I would be doing whatever it took to help the team that I'm on win because this is the team that I care about the most. I'm not looking forward to anything because I already have it. You know, I'm I'm invested in this team for the next decade. I see. So, okay. So what do you think the, the Padres' first championship would mean uh, to the city beyond just the Padres? What do you think the kind of impact it would have on the city of San Diego if we won a championship? Maybe even on other sports. I mean, it would mean everything. Uh, that that's that's what we watch the games for, right? Every night, you know, three hour games, whatever, and six months of a season, and we watch spring training, and we pay attention to the off season moves and all that. Like, it's because of that goal, and you always look at it. Okay, they didn't win this year. They are at least last year when I was looking at it. Okay, but they made progress, and I'm super pumped up about this next season. And that's what was disappointing about this season, or at least that's what it has been, and it doesn't look like they're going to be a postseason team, is because we had those high hopes and so much energy going into this Padres team going into the year, and they just haven't been able to match that for us, at least in terms of results. But there always is that hope of next year. Um, And, yeah, it would mean everything because the city hasn't had that major pro sports championship. And... There's other teams in the town. I mean, look at San Diego State, the final four run that they went on. It wasn't just people that went to San Diego State or San Diego State fans. People that weren't even watching the team didn't know much about the players. They were watching at the end because it, you know, really united San Diego, I thought. Uh, San Diego Wave, I think they're going to win a championship eventually. Like, they they have a ton of talent, obviously, and they can unite a city. And so, yeah. Do you think that the Aztecs run to the championship – has has was related to the Padres run to the National League championship like because for both teams to have never gone or like well the Padres for since 90s or whatever I mean for them to happen in the same within months of each other like to me that there's a connection there kind of like we hadn't hit a grand slam and then we hit one the next week you know yeah I, I could see that connection that you make but obviously those are two different sports and I don't know how much attention San Diego State is pay, is you know paying to the Padres or how much they were because they were, you know, gearing up for their season and all that. I think they were in their season when that was happening there, uh, you know, the late run. Um, But it was no doubt. It was a cool span of time there where you had the Padres, their postseason run, and it was into the San Diego state basketball season. And there were some ups and downs in that, just like there were some ups and downs in the regular season of last season with all that happened last year, what a roller coaster ride that was. And it ended painfully, but for both teams, I think. But it was a really cool journey that we, you know, got to go on and really root for both of these teams for sure. Sweet. Well, yeah. I think that's a good that's a good note for uh, for me to end on. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, Joe dreams. Everybody support him. He's out there on the bridge, obviously after those Padres games. Um, he definitely supports this channel, supports this show, supports myself, and I definitely support him. That's why you hear that intro song, even when things aren't going great. Uh, that intro song, I know a lot of people like the song. Some people don't, but I'm here supporting this guy. So that's really what it's for. Um, and when the Potters are going well, I think that song definitely resonates with a lot of people. So thank you so much for the time. I appreciate you, man. Of course. And live Joe dreams. All right. Have a good one. Okay.
All right, I want to get to the chat here after this break. And real quick before the break, actually, some updates. Joe Musgrove, injury update there. He is supposed to be throwing on Friday. And then he'll have several more of those, like, just playing catch. That's what they're doing. They're going to start doing that. Several more of those playing catch sessions um, before they even consider him going on the mound. So definitely not coming back in August. Uh, and I don't even know if he's going to come back the rest of the season. For me personally, I would have Joe Musgrove just shut it down because I don't think this team's going to the postseason. But for now, they're technically still in it. So, yes, Joe continuing to rehab and start throwing. Um, and maybe if he does get shut down, maybe he, he's going to continue to rehab, obviously, because he wants to be ready for the offseason. But that's what I would want for Joe is don't waste your time and risk potential injury and not be ready for the start of 2024 to try to come back and help this team that's not going to go anywhere. I just don't see it happening, right? Now, if they start playing a lot better and they're one or two games back of a postseason spot and they're in it, then yeah, Musgrove will come back. But if it's still like this come mid-September and he's ramping up and he's on a mound, it's like, what's really the point of coming back when you're going to You'll make an impact. You're a better option than Rich Hill, but is it worth it? You're going to pitch once, maybe twice a week, depending on the week, right? Is it worth it? And how many innings are you going to be throwing and all that, right? And it's not even a guarantee that the team wins those outings that you go, even though it did feel like one day before he got hurt, right? But we just don't know. And you don't want to mess with that shoulder. You don't want to come back early for that. Um, so we'll see when he gets on the mound and all that. Uh, Tim Hill, there's another update there. He is going to be throwing, I believe, today. Um, I think that's what Bob Melvin said. And then he'll be going on a rehab assignment. So he should come back uh, in September, I would assume. And then Seth Lugo, he is going to be starting on Wednesday's game instead of Milwaukee, the first game in Milwaukee. There's an off day Thursday. So Lugo will be pitching on normal rest. There was obviously no game on Sunday, so Waka pitched um, yesterday, and they had Walton pitch game one of that doubleheader. So that kind of threw the rotation off a little bit in terms of like when they're going to be pitching what game. Um, so Lugo, regular rest tomorrow against Sandy Alcantara, which is good because I'd rather have Seth Lugo obviously pitching against a team that's ahead of the Padres in the wild card standings then have Rich Hilt pitch, and who knows how the heck that game will go. Who knows if the Padres would be in the game by the end of the fourth inning. Maybe it's 5 nothing. maybe it's 5-1, 6-1, and you're not feeling good about yourself. So, yes, I like this, that the Padres are doing this, and then there's going to be a decision to make for this Padres team. Are they going to have Rich Hill start on Friday, or are they going to have another starter, someone who's in the rotation, start on Friday? And that would be, on Friday, they would have regular four days rest. That would be one, two, three, four, five. Actually, so the starter of Friday's game, I think, would be, who pit, would it be Darvish? Because there's the off day Thursday. One, two, three, four. Yeah, Darvish's day would go Thursday, but it would make sense for him to pitch on Friday. So I would, I would go with Darvish pitch Friday. Um, over Rich Hill, I would have Rich Hill just not pitch this time around the rotation until they absolutely need him, or maybe just go with Pedro Avila in that spot 
the next time they need him. But I think you Darvish would line up for Friday. So those are just some updates there. Lugo starting on Wednesday. I like that. I said on pregame thoughts yesterday that this is a must-sweep series, and I don't, I don't think I've ever said that this season for this Padres team, but it's getting down to crunch time. It might seem like there's a good amount left, month and a half, but maybe a little bit less than a month and a half, but there's urgency is needed here. And if they only win the series and they don't sweep, they only game one game on the Marlins. I don't think that's good enough. So, and there's a lot of teams obviously ahead of the Padres in the wild card standing. So, a sweep here, that would be very helpful for this Padres team. All right, like I said, I'm going to go to a break and then get to the chat. I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports it's underdog fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pickup games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy, and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, or if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. Okay, going to the chat here. Let's see what some Padres fans are thinking here today. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that Super Chat button. It supports the channel. It makes it very easy for me to see your comment, your question. So I appreciate anyone who takes the time to do that. Nancy says, that was the most fun I've had watching Weathers pitch. (laughs) Thanks to the fish for taking him off our hands. Yeah, he, he helped the Padres. He can say he helped the Padres this year. That's cool. Matt Lee says, breaking. The Weathers family asks for privacy during this difficult time in their life, coming to realization that Ryan cannot succeed at any organizational level in baseball. Come on, Matt. That's gold. Jeez, man. Hey. I think, was A.J. Preller smiling in his suite at Peco Park last night? Probably. He, he looked pretty tired in that pregame photo, by the way, that he had with you, Darvish, celebrating Darvish's Strikeout record, all-time MLB Japanese pitcher over Hideo Nomo. They had that ceremony on the field. Preller looked like he hasn't been asleep since Sunday. 
Um, okay, continuing to go through the chat here. Oh, totally forgot to mention this. That stupid blocking the plate rule last night. Holy cow. Can we, like, figure out here, Major League Baseball, like, what the actual rule hit, what the rule is? Can you show us a video demonstration of what the rule is, what is blocking the plate, and what is not? Can you show us what is different about Gary Sanchez blocking the plate against the Giants earlier this year and getting called for blocking the plate? And what was different between that and what happened last night where Tatis was going into home? Probably a bad send, but he was going into home and the Marlins catcher was doing the exact same thing that Gary Sanchez was doing. For the YouTube audience, I'm going to share my screen here. This was early in the game. It was right after the Padres took their first lead, I believe, on the sack fly from Manny. And this was earlier in the season. Gary Sanchez, right? The left foot over the line hasn't gotten the ball yet. Okay, if you want to call that blocking the plate, whatever. I don't think it is, but okay. He was just moving to where the ball was. Now, what's the difference between that and this? What's the difference? In this one right here, you got the Marlins catcher left foot on Tatis's side of the foul line, and he's just trying to go receive the ball. You call that not blocking the plate. But then you call this one blocking the plate. How is that blocking the plate? But this one is not blocking the plate. That was a little detail there, and I'm thankful that last night the Padres were able to blow it open, and that ended up not being a huge deal because of the Grand Slam, and they ended up blowing out the Marlins. 6-2 was the final score. But what if the Grand Slam didn't happen? You know, that would have been a much closer game, and that would have been the, the sec, could have been the second run for the Padres. Just like the blocking the plate rule just seems so stupid because it feels like it's like the check swing. Like we all have a different interpretation of what the rule is. And when we look at a play, is it blocking the plate or not? We're going to have different thoughts on it. And Marlins fans might think that wasn't blocking the plate. And Padres fans are going to think, well, no, that is blocking the plate because Gary was called for that exact same thing earlier in the season. You know, just have some consistency. That's what I want from the umpires from the replay review center in New Jersey, have some consistency with the calls. Okay, now that that rant's over, going back to the chat. Uh, Nando390 says, Padres are five and a half back in the wild card and fourth in the NL West, and we're talking about Slam Diego is back. LOL, what the F? I'm just saying that a grand slam happened last night. So Slam Diego, that, that's what the call was. I'm not saying the Padres are back. No, I'm definitely not saying that. I don't think the team's making the postseason. And like I said in my postgame reaction last night, that was one game. That was one win. We've seen that happen too many times this season for the Padres, where they have an encouraging win. What do they do after that? Or they have an encouraging series. They sweep the Rangers. What happens after that? They take two out of three against the Orioles. What happens after that? Well, they lose three out of four of the D-backs. And that was their fifth loss to the D-backs in eight days or something. Crazy like that, right? They lose both games of the doubleheader. So, no, it's one game. This team definitely is not back. I'm just saying that Slam Diego was back last night because ha Sung Kim hit a home run. A grand slam, excuse me. That's all. And we had Joe Dreams on the show who 
That's his song, is Slam Diego. That's all. HW says, some teams have a good team culture where they realize the value of getting a hit as opposed to mashing it out at the warning track. Yeah, but I think at a lot of ballparks, those warning track balls would be home runs. So would we be saying that if they ended up going over the fence? You know, I don't know. It, it's hard for me to talk about the culture in the clubhouse and all that because, again, we're not in there. That's something to ask to Kevin AC or AJ Casabell or Dennis Lynn or Marty Caswell or someone that's in there. Darn a trip. Yul says, just, just saw AJ scouting the Mexico Little League World Series game. <laughs> that's crazy what's happening. I was listening to. I think baseball is dead earlier this morning while I was working out and Dallas Braden was talking about how there's this Taiwan player that's throwing like the equivalent of 107 or something at the Little League World Series. It's like, is that guy actually 12 or 13 years old or is he older than that? Like, that's crazy. But yeah, I would not be surprised if AJ's watching all of those pitches from that dude and being like, we're signing that guy at age 15. Bring him on over. Yeah, that's crazy. Adrian Gonzalez with the shout-out to the team just now. Oh, the Mexico team? Yeah. Chris says, Padres are out. Just enjoy the highlights. That's pretty much what I'm doing. I'm going to keep talking about the team, obviously, because I love doing it and love interacting with Padres fans on a daily basis, but... Um, yeah, I don't think this team's making the postseason. And so when these moments happen, like the Hassan Kim Grand Slam and Tatis stealing home and just the Tatis home run with the bat flip, I'm going to enjoy those moments because that's what we're going to have from this season. Because it's going to be a lot of, at the end of the season, it's going to be a lot of, well, that season sucked, what needs to change and all that. But during the season now, when they do win games, I'm going to tr try to enjoy the moment for a little bit. And then obviously it's on to the next game. And then when they lose that, probably freak out and be like, yep, that's exactly who I knew that they were. They're not a real serious baseball team. You know, as Jim Russell likes to say, they're not a serious baseball team until they're over 500. And that I, I agree. That's, that's how I, as I said on their show last Friday at the Blind Borough before that Padre game, that's, that's kind of how I feel as well. Like it's it's hard to take the team seriously when they're what are they six games under five hundred now, right? Yeah, sixty and sixty six. It's hard to take them seriously at sixty and sixty six. And by the way, speaking of that Fernando Tatis Jr. bat flip that he had the other night on Friday night, Breaking T just released a new shirt that you can get. Click the link in the description. You can do it now if you want. And follow along here. Click the link in the description. It's going to take you to this page. You click on Slam Diego. You should probably just change that to Padres. Uh, but you click on that link there, and you click this shirt here. Sorry for the podcast audience, but just click that link that's in the, in the description on the podcast platforms, the Breaking Tea link, or put that into your Safari browser or whatever. Um, and then click the Slam Diego part, and you'll go here. It's showing it on the screen, just making sure. Yes, okay. Click this shirt here, 
this shirt here, uh, El Nino, Fernando Tatis Jr., Bat Flip City. This is the latest shirt from Breaking Tea. As you can see here, it's from the Tatis Bat Flip, the City Connect night on Friday night. That home run that made the Petco Park upper deck shake. At least that's what I felt on Friday night when I was there. So they have it in a hoodie. They have it in T-shirts, obviously, youth T-shirt. So you can go check that out, breakingtea.com. Again, you can click that link in the description. Great San Diego sports swag there. Okay. I did want to also get to San Diego State basketball because, so San Diego State football, they kick off their 2023 football season this weekend. It's not a Mountain West matchup, but it's Saturday at Snapdragon Stadium. But I wanted to highlight San Diego State, the men's basketball, because they released their conference schedule for this next season. 2023-2024 conference schedule. And it seems pretty good. They have road games. It starts off January 2nd and then January 6th. Got Fresno State and then UNLV. And then their first home games are against San Jose State and New Mexico. And they've got Nevada on the road, Boise State at home, Wyoming on the road, Colorado State at home. Oh, my birthday, actually, January 30th. Uh, February 3rd at Utah State and then versus Air Force and Nevada at home. At Colorado State, at New Mexico. And then back at home against Utah State, Fresno State. Um, at San Jose State against UNLV at home March 5th. Then March 9th, they end the conference schedule at Boise State. Um, the Aztecs, they should be the favorite for sure. They I mean, they just made it to the Final Four last year. Uh, should be the favorite. And as I've said before, it's going to be an interesting year. They got Lamont Butler still, obviously, who's the face of the program. And they brought in some guys as well. Reese Dixon Waters from USC. Uh, Jay Powell. Like, they brought in some talent. And that's not all. Those are just a couple names that you know come off the top of my head, obviously. And on top of that, there's going to be some opportunities from some guys that were on the team last year, but they just didn't get a ton of opportunity. With Saunders, um, that's just obviously one name that sticks out. And those guys, they're going to have a big role because there's no Agreca Rope, there's no Nathan Mensa, right? There's, it's just, there's a lot there where it's like, okay, these guys are going to have to step up. Keyshawn Johnson no longer there. They're going to have to step up, and they're going to get some opportunity here. And they've one guy has gained a lot of weight to, you know, kind of hang in there with the bigger guys. And then Saunders, I believe, has lost some weight uh, just to to be in better shape. Um, so I think Jay Powell's going to get definitely playing time. And they still have Micah Parrish, still have Lamont Butler, as I said. Demarche Johnson Jr., he's another guy that's, he's a sophomore, didn't get playing time really last year. They still have Jaden Ledee. Um, Miles Bird is another guy. He gained weight, you know, to, to get a little bit stronger. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing how these guys do, uh, especially the ones that didn't play a whole lot last year. How are they going to do when they get that opportunity this year for this Aztecs basketball team? Um, and obviously the Aztecs football team, this weekend, Saturday at Snapdragon Stadium, that is going to be on FS1. FS1, 
on Saturday. I believe it is at 4 p.m. And Ryan Lindley's offense. They're gonna get we're gonna get our first look at Ryan Lindley's offense against Ohio. Uh, Brady Hoke obviously continues as the head coach of the team. Um, and they're coming off a disappointing season last year, so obviously looking to turn that around. And Jalen Maiden, he returns as the starting quarterback for this team. So I'm interested in seeing how they do this weekend. So that's the latest on the Aztecs there. Okay, I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 452, Padres Marlins later tonight. Uh, it's going to be Blake Snell on the mound, Hassan Kim bobblehead night. So that was a good night for him to hit a grand slam last night going into the bobblehead night. Hopefully they can win this game. I think it's a must sweep. So obviously a lot of pressure on the Padres these next couple of games, especially with Lugo going tomorrow. You know, finally the Padres beginning to show some urgency with pitching decisions, which I think the the urgency should have come a little bit earlier. Uh, but that's tonight, and then I believe it's a day game tomorrow, and then I'll have a show after tomorrow's series finale. So that's the next time I'm going to be going live. Thank you to Joe Dreams for coming on today. Thank you to everyone that is tuned in. Reminder, click that link in the description for the Breaking Tea uh, link. Great San Diego Sports swag there. Padres, Aztecs, Wave. And Talking Friars, use that code $20 off your SeatGeek order. If you're going to go to a Padres game or any sporting event later this year. All right, that's it. Again, thank you for the support. I appreciate you all. Have a great rest of your day. See you later. <laughs>